Welcome to Have Hope Will Travel, the show where we get to know people who are different than we are. We hear different perspectives and we better understand others' stories. We allow the world to become a smaller place as we stand with people instead of having opinions on issues. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. This week, we're chatting with Ana Maria Tromp. Ana Maria and I met in a podcasting group. She's passionate about helping high-achieving women feel confident and alive. She's the owner of Coach and Bounce, she's a mother of two, and she lives in Aruba. Ana Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here too. I'm excited to get to hear more of your story um, and to hear what led you to Aruba um, and then to learn a little bit more about how we can help women um, feel confident and alive because that's something I think we're always looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's start with just a little bit of your story. Like what, I know you didn't grow up in Aruba. So tell us how you went from Venezuela to Aruba and like (laughs) what that journey has looked like. Okay, so uh, my mom is from Venezuela, and my father is from Aruba. Um, so they met here, and then um, they decided to build their family in in Venezuela. So I lived there till I was nine years old. Um, but we have a very cultural background. So my grandma is from Colombia, so uh, who lives here in Aruba as well. So my family was used to speak Spanish. So then uh, around my when when I was nine, my family decided, okay, let's settle in Aruba. So at a certain point, when I got here, I needed to uh, step two classes back and learn mm. the whole languages here. It's a very multicultural island, so we have an educational system which is in Dutch, um, but we have a, a whole tourism industry which is the most Americans that come over. So that's also in Eng- that's all in English, and then. Uh, a lot of Latin American influence because you can see the coast from Venezuela, of Venezuela from here, like mm-hmm. on a clear day you can see it. Um, so that's how I ended up like at a very young age, adapting to a new environment, learning new languages. Um, so that's how I ended up here in Aruba. Okay. I lived here for six years and my parents got divorced, I think around 12, I was 12. Um, so when my father moved to Aruba, then I moved to the Netherlands when they got divorced oh, wow. at a certain age I moved to the Netherlands as well okay. um so that that was also a, a different transition mm-hmm. <laughs> at a difficult age because I was 15 um so like really teenaging and and yeah I think that that's the most uncertain phase uh of our life I think uh so that was a, a huge transition as well um but it also got me to places that if I look back and when I have contact with my family in Venezuela, I'm like, oh my God, like I really got to experience a lot of things because of those translations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you speak English, Spanish, and Dutch? I speak English, Dutch, Spanish, and Papiamento, which is our local language. Oh, wow. Four languages. Yes. Was yeah. it hard learning four <laughs> languages? Was it hard? I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was nine. I think that that does make sure. a difference. It does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you're when you're a kid, you kind of absorb everything. And I think that the most difficult one was Dutch because it's it's like yeah, it's like a complete different language. Um, sure. Papiamento is kind of a mix of Portuguese, so the the base mm-hmm. of the language is Portuguese, so it has a lot of uh, Spanish sounds to yeah. it. Yep. Um, so that was the easiest one. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, wherever you're on the island, you will see English. So yeah, it it just it wasn't easy, but it there was no way around either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I speak three. I knew English, Spanish, and American Sign Language. And the number of times okay. when I don't know the word in say Spanish, and I'll try to throw in the ASL sign, or I'm signing with someone who's deaf, and I just try to throw out the Spanish word because I don't know the sign for it. My brain struggles. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I must say that, like, there's a difference in, like, when I went to the Netherlands to live there, uh, we spoke Spanish at home with my mom. Sure. And outside of the house, it was Sacramento. Um, and then you go and live into that country, and you do have the knowledge of the words, but it's different when you're speaking a day, on a daily basis, right? right? So it did help me that um, I am now back. 10 years on the island, 11 years, okay. I think. Um, so it did help me to kind of um, live in there to like really learn Dutch like very well. I do speak very well Dutch. I'm very proud of that as yeah. well because it was the most difficult language to learn. Living in a country where you know a language, is diff- it, it does help to get for sure. the hang of it of everything. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. I have found that my Spanish is not what it used to be now that I live in the States. Again, I lived in Latin America for a yeah. year. Um, I did not okay. make it to Venezuela okay. or Colombia, unfortunately, but I went to almost all the rest of the Spanish speaking countries. Um, okay. Oh, that's and, so cool. Yeah. So my Spanish was a whole lot better then, but it still comes back. Yeah. Yeah. That was my experience as well with yeah. Spanish, to be honest, because when I, I moved, like when my, at a certain point, we didn't go back to Venezuela. I was like a teenager. I didn't want to go back to Venezuela. That was not cool yeah. enough. <laughs> uh, so I stayed here and I and yeah I don't know there was something like okay I want to learn other languages and I want to speak Spanish um so I kind of unlearned it in a sense so being back Mm -hmm. on the island for 10 years has really helped me to really get me speaking better Spanish Mm -hmm. as well even though it's my my yeah my what do you say like mother language your mother tongue original mother tongue getting here like I my Dutch is so fluent like (laughs) it's crazy (laughs) what's your preferred language at this point as I'm coaching the whole day in English English (laughs) at this point so I'm journaling someone asked me one day like in which language do you pray and so as a kid I used to my mom would like put us in bed and then like pray with us and and say good night so I did that for a longest time in in Spanish without even realizing that that was something that I learned in Spanish and I kept doing in Spanish sure. as well. Um, but now, like I speak English almost the whole day, um, so yes, at this point it's it, it is English for sure. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So you have talked about having a dysfunctional upbringing. Um, besides moving all around the world a couple times, what did that look like for you? Um. It has looked like um, living with an alcoholic father mm. <laughs> and a mother that um, I think like opposite attracts in a sense type of dynamic. So my mom has a very controlling way of being, very workaholic. Um, so that has meant to me like this dysfunctionality was living, like really walking on eggshells around someone that... Um, one day was happy and the other day was not and it yeah. was not always constant and 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 emotionally available for us as kids um and at the same time a very controlling mom that really had very inhuman impossible <laughs> targets mm-hmm. for us to meet so it was always about uh performing uh achievements 
uh, working hard. Um, and I think that until a certain point, it served me, I guess. I learned those four languages very quickly yeah. <laughs> because of that. Sure. Um, and in our educational system, like I needed to have those languages if I wanted to go to a school that allowed me to go to university. Otherwise, I would have not. I would have had a longer road. Mm-hmm. So it was like boot camp every day, like having a tutor, like doing your best at school. Um, but that, looking back, like that brought a lot of insecurities in me. It really brought a lot of perfectionism, uh, workaholic. Uh, tendencies and very high achieving and I think that that also kind of yeah program you to not feel good enough not always be good enough so that that's how I would say that dysfunctionality came back but also very over responsible at a very young age um, because my when my parents got divorced which recently I, I was thinking oh my god I remember that feeling like oh my god there, yes please <laughs> at least make a decision it's over ready yeah. like let everyone move on yeah. um, but I also think that it re- I really took that that the, the role shifted so my mom became like the father figure in the house and I was like the mom so I took care of my sisters at a very young age so yeah I mean everything has two sides so a certain point things that 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 I grew up with really pushed me further and at a certain point it really broke me down uh to Mm -hmm. the point that at the age of 27 I was burned out and one day I just couldn't wake up any I couldn't get out of my bed it was Mm -hmm. like I am crying I'm not feeling well I couldn't explain and it hit me like like I don't know it it really hit me coming out of nowhere yeah. now I know better but back then it felt like what is this I'm strong this cannot be the thing yeah. that I'm going through it's impossible I'm a strong person and I really had the label like only weak people go through this like mm-hmm. this cannot be me yeah for sure yeah. yeah so then what did overcoming look like overcoming if I if I look back at every of those transitions overcoming meant at a nine uh, when I was nine and, and developing and getting back in the second grade when you are already like um, in another phase of your life so overcoming meant like very like learning to adapt mm-hmm. uh, to a different country to a different uh, way of thinking culture um, surroundings like back then in Venezuela we had a nanny and Uh, things you were taken care of and then you get here and then it's like oh okay someone needs to do the dishes and then chores were divided and my mom wasn't feeling well so she was going through a lot of depression so that that part of transition and then like I to me it felt like overcoming back then was like I was nine and then suddenly I I was dirty like it it felt like growing up from one day to the other if I look back further like going to uh, I ended up joining my mom's religious cult, in my opinion, <laughs> and that I I think that I did that from a point of view I wanted to make her happy. I wanted her like it seemed that that was the best thing uh, that that brought her type of satisfaction. So I follow on, uh, but at a certain point I I was creating my own opinion and I wanted to form my own thoughts and which was just clashing and I didn't want to go to church anymore. So overcoming became about this cannot be the life. Like this cannot be. I'm meant for. I meant for more. It really meant that I, I just couldn't imagine like, just 
following her further into her path and Mm -hmm. not having my own voice and and deciding for myself. So that's Mm -hmm. when I moved to the Netherlands. Um, Back then, my father was an alcoholic already. I just um, kind of a daddy's child. So I thought, okay, my mom is overreacting probably, Mm -hmm. but that was not the case. So I ended up overcoming that I needed to be placed out of his house. Um, that I was placed in foster care oh, wow. um, at a very young age I uh, started living on my own so it overcoming has meant every time to me like really choosing for myself maybe yeah kind of forced by the circumstances but I think that I've already always knew this cannot be it I, I remember mm-hmm. that so clearly like a question like thinking this cannot be it like this this doesn't feel right to me there must be something more sure so that's what I describe as overcoming so and as well like the burnout phase um I think that I was if I look back uh I was more conscious of myself and I was working at a top three European company I after being in foster care, I dropped out of school. Then I started studying again and got my degree. And then getting that job felt like, oh, I made it. Like I'm there. I've made it. I got the job. I, I've proven to everyone that I that I'm that I'm not a loser. Sure. Um, so at that point, um, being burnt out and like not being yourself was so that was like so heavy I think the most mm. difficult thing that I gone through um but at the same time it was like a nightmare in disguise because I, I think that it really helped me um everything that I that I have been through before led to this point in which mm. I needed to make the decision of okay do you want to continue the same way or are we going to sure. do things differently yeah. so I describe it as like a cup of glass or something that just broke down and I yeah. think that I glued myself together in a way that was serving me better uh and has helped me now help other women as well to avoid to reach that point yeah, yeah. how do we identify if we're headed towards that burnout point to me there are two phases before and and okay. what I believe is that you get overwhelmed before and then there is a point in where you really feel stuck like nothing is moving and the phase of overwhelm is like your head is a tornado uh, I was using a bit of client yesterday, the example, like when you're playing tennis and they have that, those shooting things of where they shoot a ball and it's yeah. like you're standing there and the balls are shooting at you and you don't know which way to go. Sure. Um, and that overwhelmed phase, um, you have no clarity. Um, you're constantly tired. Um, you can go to bed very early, still wake up very drained. Every little thing feels like too much. Mm. It might be that you have like a very, yeah, not a short temper, like things irritate you very, very quickly as well. So those are the signs that present itself at a certain point, it starts showing in your body. So Mm. um, you start feeling aches in a sense that you cannot explain. Like to me, it was headaches and I just thought, oh, I will just take whatever it is uh, to, to, to let it be over but I wasn't paying attention to the amount of time that I was having headaches, um, sleeping. Like I could literally say like, and this is something that more, more women have, uh, have difficulty with like waking up in the middle of the night and like writing something or putting a note in your phone, because otherwise you, yeah. you, you think that you will forget. Mm-hmm. So those are signs that 
uh, you have to pay attention to because if you don't address them on time, then, um, and I do think speaking with other uh, clients and, and helping other women that my case was like, I was so oblivious of everything. I was just like a racing horse and I was going. Mm. So it really took me like not being able to wake up one day and get out of bed and not stop crying for me to realize, oh, I just went so far. Yeah. So those are the signs that are for sure mm-hmm. uh, things to pay attention to. Yeah. If we're starting to notice some of those signs in ourselves, like if that list you just gave us resonated, what tips do you have for us? The way I describe is that, um, in my opinion, is that we are trying so hard nowadays uh, as, as women specifically, we have so many roles, like you have a full-time job at your job, and then you have a full-time job at home, and then you have your partner um, who also needs attention, um, family, friends, so you get lost in there, you get lost in, in, in sometimes even uh, knowing what it is that you want, and we are trying so hard to get it in a balance, and Balance will literally mean if you have 100%, you will divide it by four, right? So everything has 25%. So I always say that you, it's important for you to find a harmony, to be able to dance with certain things, to be able to, but it also starts with what do I need? Hmm. So um, very quickly, when I start working with clients, I try to give them the kind of the, the homework um, to kind of look into your life to things that are your drainers like things that you are doing that are really draining you it might be relationships in your life it might be your job but it's very important for you to be able to see what are the things that are really leaving me drained another thing that we tend to overlook then and it's very important is to see what are your energizers because if we are constantly looking outwards and constantly trying to take care of everyone else and not ourselves then we tend to stop going and doing things that really light us up. So that's the first thing that I would say, start there to see what are the things that are draining you in your life. They are really leaving you empty and try to implement things that are your energizers. And I, if I give a couple of examples, like for example, an energizer to me is like going to the beach, like, and I have plenty of beaches around. So that helps, yeah. having that moment that helps, um, but it might be like, I was having a, conversation with a client yesterday and she said oh yeah I, I love Sumba and I haven't been to Sumba for a while um so things that you do that at the end of the day give you energy instead of taking energy out yeah. of it so that's a good place to start I also think that it's important to understand how you are starting your day set the tone for the rest of the day mm. so even if it is you waking up 15 minutes earlier and have whatever cup of whatever you're drinking at that moment and just taking the time in silence to ask yourself, why do I need today? Mm. Um, because otherwise you, it's kind of hitting the floor running and everyone wakes up and you're taking care of everyone and you forget about yourself. Mm. Um, and I do think that it's about starting to listen to your body. Like I think that months before the burnout phase, I my body was telling me already, like I was mm. having back pain and headaches and a lot of things that I was ignoring it yeah. so it doesn't always help to say uh and been there and done that oh I'm gonna take a week off of vacation I'm, uh, I'm I will do nothing and then it's over no because it's a mindset thing being overwhelmed has a lot to do with your programming has a lot to do with your mindset 
um, at that point. And mm-hmm. it's important to take care of that, but start at least with starting, setting the tone. What do I need today? Is it that I need to take it slower? Can I outsource certain things? What are my energizers? What are my drainers in my life? For you to start creating that self-awareness of what it is that you could do on your own as well. But for sure, get support because the mind that created this overwhelm will not be the mind that will solve it. So at a certain point, there is until a certain level of consciousness that you can take yourself, but it's important to not let it like you get to that threshold that you yeah that that it's that you already hit the burnout space right yeah right you've talked a little bit about working with clients and you're a women's empowerment coach can you tell us a little bit more about what that is so the i i, I help overachieving uh, uh women that feel stuck and overwhelmed mm. um so they can have more clarity that they can have more energy so that they can focus with confidence on on their goals Mm-hmm. Um, and what I help them mostly with is to really trust themselves, to really start listening to themselves, to have this confidence to kind of, it's okay to ask someone for their opinion, but at the end, um, it's important for you to know what you want, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and why you want it and how at least you want to get it. Uh, but it also starts with that self-awareness and that it's what I help clients with. Uh, we, I help my clients really connecting with themselves with the reconnection part we detox from things that no longer serve us and then we start rebuilding in a way that serves you as you move forward Um, so there's a lot of unlearning in that as well right the unlearning sometimes is the hardest part right (laughs) yes yes for sure and I think it's like it's a ongoing process Uh, there's a next level that you will reach and there are other things that will be revealed to you in that phase and then you move forward so I have clients that have worked with me three years ago and we're working again because I mean the awning has different layers <laughs> in yeah. terms of what what it is that that you need to work on for sure yeah sure if we l- want to learn more where can we find you online you can find me uh, on my website which is www.coachandbounce.com I'm very active on Instagram which is coachbounce um at coach mom yeah sure awesome what do you wish everyone knew okay i think two things is that you are unique i think that that might sound like very cliche but i think that it took me forever to get to the point that i understood that there might be a lot of people with very dysfunctional backgrounds that might have gone through the same experience as 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 i went uh through but i think that each and every one is unique Mm. Um, and confidence for you might mean something different than it might mean for me. Sure. Your overwhelm is something different than mine. So it's important for you to really know yourself and, and, and really show up as yourself. And my second time is you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> I think that many times we, we think that we're the only one that feel insecure of self-doubt or have mm. that inner critic voice in our head. Um, but we all have it. We just all have it. And, and there is nothing different or special. Uh, when I, when I speak with women, they're like, oh, but you're a woman empowerment coach. I mean, I have my own self-doubt. I mean, I, I'm always trying to, to really, yeah, like work on myself. That's not a word, like to really show up as myself more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not you're not alone. Like I, I, there is no woman that doesn't have insecurities. There is no woman that knows it all. That's good. That's so good. 
and a good reminder too because that sometimes like especially the enemy likes us to make us feel that we're alone and make us think that we're alone and that just like continues the downward spiral and recognizing hey I'm not alone someone may not be exactly where I am but someone has been here and then someone has been similar to here and then I'm not by myself that helps us move forward yeah and I think that it's so easy nowadays to kind of scroll to Facebook or Instagram and see like picture picture perfect I have a coach and my coach has a coach (laughs) so um it's important to kind of realize that that everyone goes through something and everyone uh you get in support because that's something that sometimes is very difficult when you when you think but I'm strong like I'm strong Mm -hmm. and I I can do it on my own yes and why would you need to struggle right why would you need to um keep on going on on your own and struggle so getting the support is needed and like literally you you are not alone and and it's so the more you reach out and open up the more people are able to hand uh give you a hand or or be of service to you as well yeah um so it's I, i think specifically with women we try so hard to kind of really be the perfect in everything and that's costing us so much joy and happiness and 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 energy and time and at the end money yeah (laughs) for sure for sure what have I not asked you that you want to talk about maybe this don't wait let me just say this like Mm. I didn't talk about this but I I really thought like I was having a, a console call yesterday with a client and it's I think that waiting until January for you to start Mm. uh whatever it is uh even if it would mean you want to be better health better weight uh, a new job whatever it is don't wait until january i think that's something that i woke up with this morning um that i think and also there will not be the right circumstances for you to like really choose yourself Mm. um Mm. there will always be a reason why not to um so make the decision that you will find that reason why you should invest in yourself, that you will find a reason why you will try to get support or reach out to a friend or start doing the things that you want to do and, and prioritize yourself. So I think that don't wait until January. It's October. We still have three months. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> three months from now, you could have right accomplished person. your first goal. Yes, I know. But also, if you end the year on a high note, you will start the year on a high note as well. So oh, it's that's just good. the momentum continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you build up the momentum and you will really start the year feeling much better than when you have had the holidays. And my, if your mm-hmm. goal is on money, then you would have spent too much money. If you have, right. would have eaten too much, you would have just stayed too long in a job that you don't like or a relationship that you're not happy in. Um, yeah. so don't wait every moment that you wait will be postponing and the right circumstances mm. will never be there until you create them so that's so yeah. good oh man I need to sit and wrestle with that and figure out what do I think I can can work through between now and January to make sure that I end the yeah. year on a good note I love that yeah so we are always learning from our guests from the rest of our world from everything else what's something you've learned recently that I am not enough has so much layer. Yeah. That. So I I started I this business uh four years ago and I've been doing it for a while. Next to my full time job, I recently jumped full time in my business. Yeah. Um. 
that's something we didn't talk about, but it's we okay. We didn't talk about that at all. <laughs> um, and then you jump full-time in and there are other things that show up. And it's been interesting to see how every transition shows you and reveals something new to you. So mm-hmm. it was interesting to see that I was kind of self-doubting myself. And then yeah. I thought, oh, there's that core wound again. I am not mm-hmm. enough. Sure. <laughs> so it was, it was, it, I, yeah, it's like a never ending learning point and knowing that that's my core wound is something that makes it that I don't dwell too long in there mm. but that that it has so many layers has been very yeah very present lately and and yeah to really focus on moving through that yeah yeah I think that's probably my core wound as well so thank you for sharing that you're journeying through that as well <laughs> that makes me feel not alone <laughs> yeah Awesome. Well, Ana Maria, thank you so much for your time today. This has been delightful. I have learned so much from you. I look forward to continuing to learn from you. Um, As a recovering perfectionist myself, it's always helpful to remember that, hey, I don't have to do it all and I don't have to do it all perfectly. So thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you for having me. This was fun. I know that I learned a lot from Ana Maria and I hope that you did as well. Be sure to connect with her at coachandbounce.com and on Instagram at coachbounce. I'd love to connect with you as well. I'm at katieaxelson.com and on Instagram at katieaxelson. My friend, know that you are loved, know that you matter, know that we see you, know that your story matters and it has value just like you do. We'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.